Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It's a great time to buy. Great deals out there. Great product lines, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, Summary Motors has them all. And also, great pre-owned inventory. They go over with a fine-tooth comb. And you get that Sunbury Motors uh, guarantee along the way. And also, great service department, fabulous sales group that works with you and your budget. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, says, coming off an unplanned bye week because of the Titans, Roethlisberger said, quote, we got the short end of the stick. Roethlisberger said he doesn't think they'll consider forfeiting our game. The timing of the bye week means that with a three-day break after the Steelers obtained special permission from the league and the NFLPA to resume practice Monday was especially frustrating for Roethlisberger, who felt he was finally getting in rhythm in the first three games following season-ending elbow surgery. We'll talk to Bill Hillgrove about that in just a few moments, among other items as the Steelers get ready for the Eagles' bills coming up at 320. Other news, uh, the Monday night football game between the Saints and the Colts could be moved from New Orleans to Indianapolis. Why? Hurricane Delta. That's the reason why. Uh, Excuse me, the Monday night game between the Saints and the Chargers could be relocated in Indianapolis because of Hurricane Delta. So it would be the Saints and the Chargers game that would be relocated if it rolls through with Hurricane Delta and there is a problem on Monday. Uh, Delta is bearing down on the Louisiana coast. Stefan Gilmore has tested positive. Second Patriots player to do so with Cam Newton. The the, uh, Patriots canceled their practice today. Two more Titans players have tested positive for COVID. The game with the Bills is now in jeopardy. And to be honest with you, when I mean jeopardy, look, they can't play this weekend. If I'm the NFL, I tell them that you're forfeiting. And move on. Get to the next one. I think that's what, you know, at some point that is the penalty you have to look at. Washington, Dwayne Haskins is going to get benched. Kyle Allen, uh, who had started for the Carolina Panthers when Cam Newton went out, is now going to be Washington's starting quarterback. They beat the Eagles in the opening week, haven't won since. Haskins ranks last in the NFL in total QBR at 30.6. He's 27th in completion percentage. He's 26th in yards. Has the second-worst completion percentage over expectation this season. Ahead of only Jeff Driscoll of the Broncos. And Driscoll got replaced. So Kyle Allen takes over. And Alex Smith, by the way, will be the backup quarterback for Washington this weekend. And the Lakers are now a game away from winning the NBA title. 
Lakers won last night, taking out the Miami Heat. They'll now lead it three games to one. LeBron James at 28. Anthony Davis at 22. Friday night will be game five and could be the last game of this NBA season with the next one occurring at some point in January to start the 2021 regular season. Major League Baseball playoffs. Everybody is playing again today. Uh, The Braves, it's the first time this season the Marlins have lost a game when they led after six innings. They were 28-0. Braves, though, won at 9-5. Travis Darno, big three-run homer. Astros now lead two games to none over the A's. George Springer, two home runs, 17 postseason home runs in his career. They lead it two games to none. They can wrap it up today at 335. That's on TBS. Rays bounce back, beat the Yankees last night. Former State College Spike, Tyler Glasnow, struck out 10. Nick Anderson was brilliant out of the bullpen last night. As the Rays beat the Yankees to the two innings Nick Anderson pitched last night were the two pivotal innings of that game, and he could not have been any better. Rays have tied the series at a game apiece. And the Dodgers didn't get a hit for six innings. Still won over San Diego 5-1 to one last night to lead that series one game to nine, game two tonight at 9.08. So Braves and Marlins are already underway with game two, with the Braves up one game to none. Astros and A's getting underway at the bottom of the hour with the Astros up two games to none. Rays and Yankees tonight on TBS. That is at 7-10. Series tied at 1. Dodgers-Padres on Fox Sports 1. That will be at 9.08 this evening with the Dodgers leading one game to none. So that sets it up for everybody across the board with the playoffs. A lot coming up on today's show today, including Bill Hillgrove in just a few moments. Also coming up on the show, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on what's next for the Texans. We talked to Mark Vandermeer about that yesterday, the play-by-play voice of the Texans. Now we'll get John McClain's view of what happens post-Bill O'Brien with the Houston Texans. Believe me, Billy's going to be fine. He's going to land on his feet somewhere when he decides to. And he got a nice buyout as well. All right, coming up, a few moments, Bill Hillgrove, the voice of the Steelers and Pitt Panthers, as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mirth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Remember the question, Matt, I asked yesterday on the show to our guests from Nashville about the Titans working out at a high school? Yes. And it was completely shut down? 
Correct. Guess what video shows? They did the that. Titans work, the Titans worked out at a high school. Uh-oh. It was not a question I asked without knowledge. How about that? We'll leave it at that. Okay? There we go. That's that's big. You know, like, well, I said, what would prevent them from working out in high school? Is a reason why I asked that question. Wasn't the answer I expected, but <laughs> okay. But that doesn't matter. All right. He is... My respect for this for this person and and my respect for this person in this profession is off the charts, and it should be for anybody that loves doing play-by-play work, and that is Bill Hillgrove, the voice of the Steelers and Pitt Panthers. My friend, it is so great to hear you and great to have you with us today. Steve, always a pleasure, and it's just great that they're playing football. I'm so happy because a month and a half ago, we weren't sure this was going to happen. Exactly, and I'm still playing the waiting game. I still got two two and a half more weeks (laughs) before I get going. Okay, so I want to ask, the the Steelers have gone through three. As you've watched them, observed them, and then announced them, what have you thought about the level of play and what you're seeing from the Steelers so far? I see Ben gradually shaking the rust. You know, it takes a while, uh, even for a veteran and a veteran of his talents. Um, and I see a defense that's fast, relentless. Um, I see a running back by committee that's developing nicely. And uh, I see, you know, Ben with weapons in the red zone. You know, we got uh, Eric Ebron all of a sudden, uh, you know, emerges this last game. And uh, I see David DeCastro back. Oh, that's got to be good. Uh, so I see, you know, that arrow has got to be upward, and it's too bad. Uh, they couldn't have met the Titans, but you know the the schedule maker uh, is you know going to change everything around. And the only thing is, personally, Steve, uh, I was looking at only the third time since I've been doing both that I would have both teams on the same weekend by Halloween weekend. <laughs> but now, because of COVID, uh, that's going to change. Right, exactly. And I'm going to get to pit here in a few moments, but uh, defensively, I think. When the Niners looked at their defense when they had Nick Bosa, they went, wow, we've got a great pass rusher. Of course, he's since been hurt. When you look at the Rams, whoa, they got Aaron Donald, whom you know so well. Incredible up the middle. Bill, when you look at the Steelers, they got Cam Hayward in the middle. They have Bud Dupree on one side, which anybody would love to have, and T.J. Watt on the other side. When you look at a team that can come at you from all angles like the Steelers' defense... What does that mean to changing the tone of a game because you can do that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, pick your poison. Uh, Are you going to overload to one side and worry about Bud Dupree? Uh, Are you going to worry about Cam Hayward and let Stefan Tuit loose? Uh, You know, they've got many ways to beat you. and uh, I I just see that secondary, uh, you know, coming together. I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick and. You know, there are people saying, well, where's Minka? Well, you know, give him time. Uh, he's in his second year, and, you know, I mean, he, he's kind of like a glue man there. So I, I just see this team being able to dominate teams that don't play well. And so far they've been able to do that, and it's an Eagles offensive line that has struggled, and we'll get to that in a moment. Talk about Ben working out the rust. What have the wide receivers meant to helping him work out the rust? No question. Uh, you know, Juju's the go-to guy, but uh, gosh, uh, Deontay Johnson, 
he's just showing the great ability to make a, the right decision when he gets some open space. Uh, he did a punt return, I believe it was the last game. It was called back because of a block in the back. But yeah. you just watch him go down the field and you say, why did he decide to go left? Why did he decide to go right? You know, I mean, he's just got that great vision. And we get him back this week, which is good. And Chase Claypool is just a weapon. You know, that one, uh, you know, slip screen to the left in the last game, you're just trying to, you know, do the four-minute drill and run the clock out. And all of a sudden, he knocks over the defensive back and just goes right down the sideline and almost scored. Uh, he's, you know, he's definitely a weapon. And what I like about him is his attitude. He, 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 he not only relishes special teams, he excels on them. So it, it's looking positive, and they just need some good luck with injuries. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, and you and I both know Ben is not shy about expressing his opinion. He said, look, he said, we kind of got the short end of the stick on this thing with the schedule. I understand that. But then there's Mike Tomlin when they said, hey, you have to play 13 straight weeks. And he said, who cares? That's what we got to do. How important it is, is it in, in your experience, Bill, that you have a guy like Mike Tomlin that just has the ability to at least publicly roll with the punches and not make a big deal out of everything? Yeah, I, I just like his approach. Uh, and, and when people say, "Well, uh, uh, what about uh, what about uh, you're playing in a in a windy city this weekend?" and he goes, "Well, the other team has to play in it too." Yeah. You know, Mike's only concerned about it yeah. being fair that that field isn't tilted one way or the other. And you know, he's always preached that, and I think that's the Steelers' way. You know, next man up. Uh, the standard is the standard. They sound like coach speaking, I guess, to a degree they are, but. They mean something. You know, somebody gets hurt, somebody else has to step up and play better. Exactly. You know, it's interesting you call it coach speak. You and I both know it's real speak because that that, that, that is what has to happen. <laughs> the next guy has yeah, to Yeah, you can up. only play one at a time. That's yeah. coach speak, but it's the truth. You can't win exactly. three in a row. You can't win right. three in a row unless you win the first one. You're not sitting there preparing for the Browns game. You're preparing for the Eagles game. Because you had to exactly. prepare one at a time. You know, and, and the shame of it was, just the way things came down, that the Steelers prepared for the Titans and didn't prepare for a bye week, then bang, suddenly they got a bye week. Well, you know, I like Tomlin's attitude. We'll deal with it. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, is it well, fair? No. no. Uh, but life isn't fair. And, and life is what you make it. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are 1-2-1. One, when you've had a chance to see them on tape, uh, what have you thought about their one, two, and one? They've got talent. Um, they've had an, an unbelievable rash of injuries uh, to the wideout area, to up front. But I see Carson Wentz getting better and getting his sea legs. And for opposition, uh, that's not good news because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, the Steelers are going to have to play well, no question. I have to ask you about uh, Pitt. Got off to a great start, then the NC State game, and I don't want to take anything away from NC State, not in the least. I mean, they, you know, you know, sometimes a guy does a lot of things to win a game. What have you thought about what Pat Narduzzi's been able to accomplish so far with this team? Well, uh, you know, he, he's finally got his defense. You know, they're fast. They fly to the ball. Uh, he's fixed the secondary which uh, last year and the year before, there were some suspicions. And, uh, you know, I just see, uh, unfortunately against NC State, they didn't run the ball well enough. And that starts up front. You still have to knock people off the ball and get yards when you need it. And when they 
had that goal line thing with first and goal and didn't score four times. I even heard Pat say at the news conference, well, maybe I should have kicked a field goal like I did against Penn State. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, <laughs> it, when you look at the NC State game, yes, you tip your hat to Larry, the quarterback, and to Dave Doran uh, for a great game plan, the short passing, our pass rush never got to him. Uh, but you look, uh, you know, the Panthers have to look at both feet and see the bullet holes. I mean, they shot themselves. Uh, yeah. Penalties, pre-snap, offside. You know, it, it's uh, it's it was frustrating. It was frustrating. Yeah, and it's frustrating when you, when you sit there and you know, on paper, but even on tape, you know you have the better team, and that's what frustrates you. And Pitt, probably, you know, with all due respect to NC State, Pitt probably is is the better team between them. Uh, what's the next step for them along the way for, for Pitt football? And uh, you know, especially in this 1 through, consistent. what, 15 range? Yeah, they, they just have to be consistent. Uh, they have to be better in the red zone, and that's been a frustration. Now, I know uh, Kessman missed his first three field goals of the year, but he's made his last six. So I don't think that's anything you have to worry about fixing. The punter has done a really good job uh, special teams, they've covered well, uh, but you know they just have to be more consistent on both sides of the ball, and uh, I think it'll happen. Uh, we'll see. And this will be a tough one this week because it's the first time they're on the road. Right. Phil Jerkovic is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, uh, and you know I think what last week did he throw the ball fifty-six times? Yeah. So you got to get ready for that element. And uh, I think BC is a little bit better defensively than what they've been able to show. But uh, yeah. this will be a tough one for them, although the Panthers are favorite. Well, guess what? They were favored last week yeah. by two touchdowns. Throw that stuff out the window. You still have to, when they kick the ball off, play and play hard. Uh, ever, and one final question that deals with Kenny Pickett. The first time I saw him play was in what I think it was that Miami game a couple of years ago, and I thought, "Wow, Pitt has themselves a quarterback." And I told everybody up here, "Pitt has themselves a quarterback." What have you seen in Kenny Pickett's development? Well, I see a senior uh, who's making good decisions now. He didn't make a couple of good decisions against NC State. Uh, wanted to take things into his own hands instead of staying within the team concept. Uh, you know, uh, on that first and goal at the one, he made a bad play. He, he got a negative play. Yeah. And that's where you can least afford a negative play. Um, but I, I see, for the most part, making good decisions. Uh, unfortunately, against NC State, he was your best running threat. you got to be able to run the ball better. But, uh, you know, he's the whole package. Um, and, you know, I just see him getting better and better as his senior year progresses. Well, you mentioned good decisions. One of our better decisions was having you on today. Bill, always a pleasure. Great respect for everything, uh, both personally and professionally. Thank you, Steve, and likewise, and let's do it again during the season, once your season starts. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Bill. Have a great one this weekend. All right. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bill Hillgrove, the Hall of Famer. By the way, the Braves are up 2-0 in their game. 2-0 over the Marlins. Uh, Nick Anderson uh, does not get a save last night, but that was the definition of a save. That was two thoroughly brilliant innings of pitching by the Tampa Bay reliever last night. He threw 22 pitches, 19 were strikes, got six outs. That was, um, you know, he doesn't get the save, but that was the definition to me of what a save should be. Yeah. 
Now I realize you know, I'm talking to a Yankee fan who feels like Nick Anderson destroyed life for him last night, but that's all right. Yeah, he, he was he was brilliant, but it was the manager that played a big role in how things went last night. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a moment. But, again, when you have that flexibility, we're in the seventh and eighth inning, that that guy goes out there and faces that caliber lineup and makes them look ordinary, you've done something pretty good. And that was... That was brilliant, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the MIT moves last night as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Outstanding pre-owned inventory. Plenty of deals that sales staff, they'll work with you. And the service department is just outstanding. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Care Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Thanks to Bill Hillgrove. And for joining us, John McClain at 406. Scott Allen, Washington Post on the Washington football team's change at quarterback. Huh? They found the answer. It's Kyle Allen. <laughs> You want to know my thought on this, Steve? I think the Washington football team is trying to slowly and quietly work its way to making Alex Smith the starting quarterback eventually. Well, he is the second stringer this week. Exactly in other words, it. the only way that Dwayne Haskins can play in this game this weekend is if Allen and Smith get hurt during the game. He cannot play unless the two of them get hurt and can't play. He is going to be the third quarterback this week. Because that tells you something right there. Not only going from one to two, but one to three. And you move Alex Smith up knowing, obviously, what he brings to the table when healthy. And obviously knowing his story, and it's great for him. But you don't make that drastic of a move and not go to Alex Smith because, let's face it, Kyle Allen's not the answer. They're just trying to buy more time, I think, for Alex Smith to get ready to play a game. Sure. Sure, I understand that, but there's also what is something that we talk about this on the show all the time. It's rarely talked about for whatever reason on other shows because they'd rather do like who are the top ten power forwards be behind LeBron James. Um, after that, that becomes really stale. So you got to talk about what's really important, right? Because that's not important. What's really important for a coach, you know, obviously your ability and all this other, but trust. Trust. Ron Rivera had Kyle Allen last year with Carolina. He started some games for him at Carolina last year. At this hour, and we don't know physically, I mean, Alex Smith is obviously well enough to be the number two quarterback. But between Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen at this hour, Kyle Allen is the guy they trust. That's what it comes down to. Uh, Penn State football, uh, let's see, Chris Stahl, the long snapper, ended up getting a scholarship. I remember when he came in as a 
run on, walk on, whatever the word words you want to use these days. Okay, walk on, run on. Sam Williams said to me, he says, Steve, that guy has a shot to be our snapper down the road. And, of course, he was the snapper last year. Well, to see him get a scholarship, who's just one of the really, really good guys out there, I'm thrilled for him. Uh, after practice tonight on Zoom, James Franklin will meet with the media. We are at the midway point of preseason. This will be practice 13 today for Penn State. This is the time where some physical fatigue, maybe even some mental fatigue enters in. Who has the ability to battle through it? Then at some point there's going to be a line for James Franklin. When do you start the taper? Now, it's not now. You don't start tapering now. But you'll start considering tapering after this weekend. Maybe a couple days in the next week. So maybe another week to go before the tapering begins to then really change the dynamic. And maybe that's starting on Tuesday. Maybe it's Wednesday next week. We start to change the dynamic toward getting ready for your opening game, which is Indiana. But this is that point that, you know, here's practice 13 today. This is the point where you start looking at physical fatigue. You start looking at possibly mental fatigue and to see who has the ability to battle through it and turn in strong performances. Who can keep their concentration? Who can keep their legs going? And that's where we are. So we're really at one of those interesting times in a preseason. It's a little bit different when you're going to classes and so forth. There are no two-a-days, but there haven't been two-a-days for a couple of years. Um, but you still got to fight through it. This will be a warmer day today, too. So you got that going on. Uh, we mentioned Haskins. We'll get Scott Allen on in the final half hour today. John McClain on the uh, Bill O'Brien situation uh, coming up. We'll do that as well. Um, but Bill made some really good points about how the Steelers are approaching things. I agree. Look, I, I thoroughly agree with Mike Tomlin. We have a tendency to make a big deal out of everything. Oh, how are they going to overcome this? How are they going to overcome that? All right, just settle down, okay? Okay, you got to play Philadelphia this weekend. That's who's next. Down the road, instead of having a bye week, you got to play Tennessee. That's <laughs> if Tennessee's still allowed to play. But let's get to that part. Again, the question I asked yesterday. What would prevent Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee from practicing at a high school? And we were told straight out, you aren't allowed to do that, right? And guess what they have video of today? Tennessee practicing at a high school. <laughs> That's atrocious. And you know what, Steve? If the NFL, if that is the case, and of course that's part of the NFL investigation, there is no question Tennessee should have to forfeit this week. I agree. I agree with you. I agree. Ronald Acuna and Dansby Swanson have homered. The Braves leaded 2-0 over the Marlins at the end of five. Oakland, meanwhile, has jumped out on Houston. 
one to nothing in that game. As Tommy Lestella homered to center. As Oakland tries to stay alive in this thing. And Tampa Bay destroyed the Yankees last night. Just absolutely thoroughly embarrassed them. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Early Tampa on Bay they actually, did. Tampa Bay had 18 strikeouts last night as a pitching staff. 10 by Tyler Glass now, the former State College Spike. Which is a postseason record. Now, it took, what, six pitchers to do that? You know the record they broke was by Bob Gibson, who did it by himself. All right, so... <laughs> In game one, game one of the 68 World Series. Yeah, it took one guy a chance to do that. All right, so let's talk about the beginning of the game last night. So they start Garcia, right? And then they take him out. He's an opener. So let's take this opener thing to its conclusion, all right? And this is the absurdity of the opener. And it's absurd. I'm sorry, everybody's into sabermetrics. Oh, there's the old guy, get off my lawn. No, let's talk about it. This is what I always love about it. Well, you don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. Let's talk about it because I don't think you want to talk about it. <laughs> okay? Yeah, and I'm with you here. <laughs> All right. But here's the absurdity of it. It is not absurd to have an opener. Uh, but it is absurd the way everybody uses their opener. And here's the reason why. If the idea of a starting pitcher is, I really don't want to see you the third time through the lineup, correct? Right? That's what they talk about, the third time through the lineup. Fair enough? Absolutely. Right. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm talking about this is what Saban Matricians talk about. To me, if you can't touch a guy, you can't touch a guy, <laughs> and it's not your night because he's got good stuff. But so we'll we'll stick with the logic of people who love sabermetrics. Okay. Well, then, if you're going to use an opener, why don't you have the opener then go out and face the first nine hitters, then have the second pitcher come in because they haven't seen that pitcher yet, and then they get to face him. Okay, this makes no sense. We're going to have him work the first inning. What did Garcia face? Four batters? Exactly. And right. he wasn't okay, perfect, so, uh, okay. but he wasn't terrible right. either. Which is fine. But here's my point. That means Jay Happ comes in. And for the five batters, they're looking around going, okay, well, we haven't faced him. So there's no difference. <laughs> the difference <laughs> is the he stinks. Well, I'm and saying, he you know, stunk all year. But but Jay Happ, let's go back to Jay Happ now. If Jay Happ goes out and he pitches the first inning, second inning, third inning, whatever, goes through the lineup one time, that means everybody faces him one time. There's no difference of starting Garcia and bringing him in the same. None. Zero. <laughs> it's, it, it makes no sense. Stuff like that makes no sense to me. Oh, no, he works the first inning, and then works the first inning what? Then you bring the other guy in? And, you know, you go through a one, two, three inning. Okay, it's a good start. And he's trying yeah, to throw off the Rays with this stuff. Like, don't get too cute. You know what? Just manage the game. You, 
and you can overthink it. Exactly. And be closed-minded about it. Because Aaron Boone said after, in his press conference afterwards, that was actually the plan all along because that's what the numbers said. And here we go again with the stupid analytics. That's oh, what the could, numbers say. Instead of managing the game, figuring, you know what? The kid wasn't great that inning, but he got out of it. He got two quick outs. He hit a batter. He gave up a home run, and then he got out of it. Okay, that's no reason to pull him, but even so, this is what the numbers say. We got to pull him out. Oh, man. But here's the craziness of, of the opener, all right? That means essentially, okay, how often have we said – with really good pitchers. If you don't get them in the first inning, you might not get them at all, right? Usually some of the greatest vulnerability for pitchers is when they first come in. Now in back-to-back innings, you've now created vulnerability in two consecutive innings. It's like some of this stuff makes no sense to me. It's ingenious. No, it's not. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Is it ingenious to point in J.A. Happ, who I mentioned, who stinks... Adam Adovino, who's been inconsistent, Jonathan Lewisica, who's been inconsistent, Jonathan Holder, and Nick Nelson, of all people. Does that make sense? No. At some point, they're just sacrificing people. Right, but but my point is you didn't have to put yourself in that position if you just stick to the guy you started with. Because now you're taxing your bullpen, who's at least the middle part of your bullpen, who's a little bit shaky, except when you get to Brennan and and, uh, Chapman. You're taxing them for no reason. Well, again, this is uh, something I've always, when I've looked at, is when I look at people who overcoach, overmanage. Okay? Don't think so much. And last night, Aaron Boone outthought himself. Now, you also have to have better people. The best player on the field last night, without question, was the two innings Nick Anderson pitched. He was the best player on the field. It helps when you have the best player. They had the best player. And it showed. He was he was fabulous last night. He gets, what, a hold? <laughs> Ooh, he got a hold. Uh, but that's... That was the brilliance last night of putting him in that spot. And because Glasnow didn't get into the sixth inning, which is what they were hoping for, he can get through the sixth inning. It threw Tampa Bay's bullpen off just a bit. And Anderson then is the one that righted that ship. All right. Uh, we will come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. All right, for the period of September 26th to October 2nd, Penn State Intercollegiate Athletics conducted 1,211 COVID-19 tests. This includes now the daily antigen testing protocol for the football program, so that's included in here. Of the 1,211 COVID-19 tests, three positives came back. That's it. Okay. Three. So that's where they are. And again, daily testing for football began on the 30th. Uh, let's get to uh, the Green Bay Packers situation. Heard about this one? 
Packers have not had fans for their first two games at Lambeau Field. Okay. And that includes the Monday night game with Atlanta. And previous to that, um, they had the opening game with Detroit. Well, now they say they're not going to be able to have fans for the foreseeable future. Probably not. Okay. Um, Probably for the rest of the season. No fans. The Packers are an interesting situation. We see, for example, owners at every game, correct? Um, these are the owners. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, they may open the door later in the season to some fans if the COVID rate in Brown County, which is where they're located, in Wisconsin improves. They say they would cap attendance at 12,000. Um, so they're not going to have fans right now. But what makes the Packers different is that they're publicly traded and owned. And that's what makes it different for them. They have thousands of people who own stock. Thousands. So they're the owners. The Packers have been selling shares of the team since 1923. And people understand it, but it's just an interesting irony 